Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. The Fairweather Podcast is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. What up? How's everyone doing tonight? My name is Alan. I'll be hosting tonight. And we have Chris here today. What's yo, up, Chris? yo, yo, what's up? How are you doing? Man, I'm doing so good. You've been uh, busy at work. How's work going? Work is, uh, work's busy, man. You, got, you know, it's just so much going on with that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's been good, man. I, I've really actually looked forward to the weekends and, for the most part, I've just really tried to kind of settle in and enjoy them and get out of the house a little bit. And, you know, that's what we're, that's where we're at. What up, Harry? What's going on, sir? What are you, what are you drinking tonight? You drinking sweet tea from the house or from Sonic? Uh, down there in San Antonio. Uh, I can't imagine living in Texas right now. I can't like, it's hot in California. I can only imagine what it's like living in Texas. Justifies skins all day long, man. Andy King up in the house. Yo, Andy K, what's up? Orange County super fan, Andy King. That's it. Yeah. We uh, got some of our soccer friends with us. Hey, man. Um, yeah, I, uh, I I just got in from he- heading to the dermatologist because I'm getting older and I need to go do- to doctors and stuff. So that was interesting. <laughs> Did you get to carry a beer? There, I, no, but it's uh, it was right by uh, the Stone Brewing Liberty Station. So I was like, I'll go to the doctor, and then I'll swing by Stone Brewing and pick some stuff up. This is like modern day uh, prize tre- prize chest. When you go to the doctor, you know you always right. reach in there and grab the, the scuba Steve that's in there. You know? Right? Would you like a lollipop or a twelve pack of seltzer? Uh, imagine no, Im- imagine that for a moment, though. Imagine right? imagine that you're like the the cool dermatologist and he's like hey you know i got this sixer for you you know what i mean he's got it packaged all nicely looks like a like whatever he would send you out of the office out of out of with you know what i mean some covert mission right there i would probably go to the doctor more often if i knew it came with beverages (laughs) at the end uh free beverages not that one that would be even better (laughs) yeah maybe maybe that's maybe that's the uh the the waiting the new waiting room is like a cocktail lounge. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you think Stone, maybe you need to let them know, like, hey, uh, my doctors are like right around the corner. Could you guys come up with like a, uh, you know, some some kind of beers that are themed for their practices? I think that could be interesting. Right, right. I mean, the drip, nice you little, know, nice little lounge. They were playing some some interesting music when I was there, but yeah, no, I mean, it's uh. School starts tomorrow, so we're getting ready for that. So that should be interesting. Are you prepared um, to be wearing um, a full outfit again? Um, I mean, I'm still teaching outside, so I'm still going to be rocking the Adidas pants. And uh, But it will be <laughs> Adidas pants and T-shirts for a minute. Yeah, my favorite part was, like, they scheduled one of my classes outside during lunch. We're like, where do, you, where do you want me to put these, like, 50 kids while, like, it's beginning band, too, so no one wants to hear it at the beginning. Right. So there's going to be, like, squeaking and squawking outside during lunch. So we're going to have to get creative with that, but, you know, it's it's nice to be 
it's going to be interesting to be back with a full classroom of kids tomorrow. So we'll see how that goes. If yeah, you see I mean, me at the game on if you see me at the game on Saturday looking terribly exhausted, that is why is because as putting up with middle school kids. I mean, hopefully, like you get some shade because I just can't meet, imagine like being out there in that sun. Right. You got those instruments, you know, and the sun just cooking them. They get hot. That just seems really lousy, you know. I mean, hopefully, it's not like that. I mean, there might be shade. I mean, I think there's gonna be sh- there's some trees, so there might be some shade. I might I might have to provide my own and just be like, "Oh, you call that clarinet playing?" And then like throw some shade that way. Yeah. So, uh, whew, wild week in the West this week. Yeah, we had uh, Orange County losing at home to Los Dos again in a, another shootout. First time was four to three. This time three to two. And then Phoenix draws on the road to Las Vegas, which was a shocker. Uh, two to two. Vegas is is an anomaly. Like they look bad, but then they look good. So uh, I don't know if you saw the 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 uppy and ups and downs in the West this week. Any thoughts on the craziness that was the Pacific Division this past weekend? Well, I mean, <clears throat> Los Dos just kind of doing that thing that they do later in the season, you know, I mean, in the beginning, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, it's Los Dos, but I mean, man, they just really put one on. Orange County is just, I mean, you have to think, like Orange County, we thought in the beginning, it's like, okay, well, you know, well-oiled machine, they got all these players involved. I mean, it was almost like Reno 2.0 in some some instances, Um, but I mean, they still got to, like, have that chemistry, like, for them to be a plug-and-play that first year, like, I mean, now I'm kind of starting to rethink, you know, how much I thought that they were going to be maybe a threat. I mean, they could still do more. There's still another half of the season, but it doesn't necessarily surprise me. I um, mean, Los Dos, like, I think we've talked about it when we talk about two teams is like these, these players have played together and they play in a system, you know? So regardless, it's like next man up, they're already like kind of a little bit more gelled than that you know what i mean um the phoenix vegas uh situation is interesting because i mean you know phoenix is really like i mean between them and el paso i mean those are the teams that are the best two in the west and so you know whereas an a vegas team that should have been kind of an easy route for phoenix uh, but obviously injury is kind of plaguing phoenix a little bit right and so you know so there are some other things that are kind of impacting that but just seeing some of the reactions online it's like you know i mean if i were a phoenix fan i wouldn't be worried about my team drawing with vegas because i mean they've been so good like week to week but the takes were definitely very enjoyable um you know because i'm pretty sure they likened the draw to a victory for vegas but i'm sure no vegas fan saw it that way I mean, I think Vegas scoring right at the very end makes it feel more like a victory than a, than a draw. Um, some really weird, like Orange County is not great at home and are much better on the road by their record, uh, which is is interesting. And it's not like I know Orange County gets pooped on sometimes for not having tons of fans, but they had a pretty pretty decent turnout. They had a beer fest, uh, so they had a pretty good crowd there. Uh, I'm not sure how much energy ended up coming to the pitch, 
Uh, but there were plenty of people there. It was, it seemed like a really nice environment um, that night. I know I like going to watch games during beer fest because there's an extra level of energy there, uh, which I thought might translate to some better play. Uh, but they've been downright not great at home. Uh, two, three, and three at home. Negative two goal differential versus on the road. They're, uh, you know, the best team in the Pacific right now as far as just total points. Phoenix might be a little bit better points per game. But Orange County is a, a solid team on the road and a below average team at home, which is problematic. I know Orange County is trying to fight for that first home playoff match. Uh, but this kind of home record... Uh, might make that pretty interesting. Uh, you mentioned El Paso. I think Phoenix and El Paso are battling for that home, uh, guaranteed home uh, record or home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Because so I know right. it's going to be a really big deal uh, for for Phoenix. I mean, El Paso doesn't lose at home. Uh, Phoenix rarely loses at home. So They're going I, for I that supporter shield, right? Yeah, and so I think that's going to be a battle to keep an eye on. And, you know, Harry talks a little bit of smack from time to time about mountain power against the Pacific. But I, I think when you look at, you know, those how those teams match up, if I'm a Pacific team, I'm fighting to get a home playoff match because I want to at least not have to travel to a mountain division team uh, at the very beginning. And yeah, uh, that, that leads to other things. Right. And so it's like you and then you want to be able to have a home game against that mountain division. Uh, So those, you know, first and second spots are going to be very important. And right now it's, you know, it's neck and neck. Tacoma's knocking on that door of they could be second or third. And I said, you know, if Tacoma can figure out how to play on the road uh, and win on the road, uh, they could be this year's lowest dose that just kind of surprised everyone. Uh, Really solid team. Uh, Tough to beat at home. And uh, if they can figure out their road, uh, their road woes of zero wins, three draws, and four losses, uh, and only four goals in seven games, uh, they might be one to look out for. Um, but yeah, crazy week. San Diego could have picked up points on both Orange County and Phoenix, but they don't. Um, that's kind of the silver lining of this: is they stay one point behind Orange County, uh, only losing one point to Phoenix. Uh, but really, I think San Diego's. Um, San Diego needs to work on distancing themselves from fifth place rather than worrying about second. Um, And Harry asked um, Pacific teams are are just some home heavy results. I think that's pretty true. Uh, But he also asked who gets the four slot in the Pacific. Um, And this is a great question. Hmm. Um, You have Vegas who has played good at times, uh, but also played terribly at times. Same thing with Sacramento. Uh, Los Dos is kind of averaging one point per game or so, but then you got Tacoma, San Diego, Orange County. Who, I, who do you think gets sneaks into that four spot right now? Man, I, I could almost see Orange County coming like pulling that. Yeah, that's a tough. I think, I, I think if San Diego plays well against Orange County. Uh, that's going to be the big matchup because I mm-hmm. think that's what, you know, if one of those two teams dominates, I think the other one is fighting for fourth place. Um, to the, the benefit of San Diego is they've already played those two Tacoma matches, so they're getting Tacoma at home for the last two times. Uh, they play Los Dos well. Um, I, I think it's really going to boil down to those San Diego-Orange County head, uh, heads, head-to-head matchups. 
because I think if, you know, San Diego can put something on Orange County or Orange County puts something on, on San Diego, I think it makes it hard for them uh, to do go 2-3. I think that means one of those teams dropped to four, and I think Tacoma can sneak in uh, to second or third, uh, and you're looking at an Orange County or San Diego fourth-place spot. I think Tacoma is the one to keep an eye on. Uh, a really good first half of the season. I think if they play this way for the second half, they're for sure a um, a playoff team. And I wouldn't be surprised if Tacoma ends up ahead of either Orange County or San Diego. Uh, Orange County has had a tough row of games. Um, they had 14,000 games and was in, uh, injury riddled. Uh, San Diego is going through the same thing right now. Uh, you have, you know, Metcalf's out, uh, Martin's out, Elijah Martin and Colin Martin are out. Um, you have these really key figures in in San Diego where you can bring the next guy up, but he's not going to be as good. Um, I think Jack Metcalf you- leads, leads the league in crossing accuracy. Um, but what's up? What do you think uh, the remedy is for that? I mean, I think they tried something new against Real Monarchs, and I don't, I don't necessarily think it's that bad. I mean, if we want to transition into that match, um, you know, do we have, you know, do we have real real problems? Um, (laughs) This is a game. This is a game that San Diego should have won, um, and I think they played well enough to get something out of this. they had like three really quality chances. Jack Blake's free kick. There's a couple headers at the end uh, that could have easily been scored. Um, this definitely needed to be a win for San Diego. So not winning this one is a huge disappointment. Um, just Andy says, just sign five more guys like last year. Uh, I think <laughs> they tried to, and they're bringing some guys in. Um, I, I think uh, Oliver Loraz looked pretty good uh, filling in for Z- Zizzo. Uh, Chase Boone, I think, is is a pretty good uh, addition as well. I think he's starting to get more comfortable. Um, but you, you can't sign a guy like Colin Martin. Uh, you can't sign a guy like uh, Jack Metcalf right now. Um, and Harry says, but they don't have the budget. Uh, yeah, they're not going to, th- they don't have money to fix every single problem because no team has, unless you're a PSG, apparently, um, you don't have money to, to solve every problem. Uh, as much as Morgan Hackworth can play well, I don't think he was a match. Um, but I think, like, looking back on this game again, it was really disappointing and frustrating. Uh, and it really boils down to hitting the target. It's like we're um, we're a dog. We're an attack dog with no teeth, hmm. essentially. Um, what did you – what were some of your takeaways from this Real Monarchs match? I mean, man, like Monarch scored like within like moments of this match, it was it was quite inc- it was quite incredible because, you know, just on the broadcast standpoint, like how many times do they call Weehan's name? And I kept thinking about Chris Weehan, Chris Weehan, and I was like, oh man, no, this is Charlie, man, like, you know, young young firecracker out here making some making some headlines, getting some room. Um, I just thought that in watching this match, like San Diego, just they just kind of lacked. Like someone in the right spot, obviously. I mean, there were just so many instances where uh, Real Monarchs just, you know, were able to kind of, you know, get possession more or less, and they were able to just kind of really like dominate with it. I mean, there were definitely some instances where where San Diego, you know, could have been threatening in the spot, but 
it was just like they were just that one man down just in certain places and and definitely that go-to guy you know just not being just not being there just seems like it really hurts i mean you know i i probably expected more from Tumi moshibani in the sense you know what i mean just because he has been hot you know in the in the past matches uh but i'm really thinking now that they're they might want to be like knocking on the door for like uh Rubio Rubin, you know, maybe they need to, you know, pull some strings or something along those lines, you know? So, yeah, I mean, that, that goal in like the first minute, I think it was like 50 seconds in. Uh, when I talked to Nate Miller, he said that on Friday they had just learned that Douglas Martinez was coming back. Um, Douglas uh, Martinez. They didn't prepare, they had they prepared for guys well, that's coming the thing. down. That's the thing with Real Monarchs and the same thing with Tacoma where you run into like you have when we were up in Tacoma, you had these four or five kind of MLS guys. Uh, Douglas Martinez had just come back from the Olympics. Uh, They weren't sure if he was going to go straight to the first team or not. Um, And he uh, obviously didn't. Um, I mean, Douglas Martinez is a MLS player. Like that's where he was before the Olympics. And I think coming back and just getting him like, reacquainted into the team uh and i think that's really what that moment of quality was like if you're watching a usl team uh play and that pass happens you know half the time that ball goes flying over the goal because the guy snatches at it you can just tell that there's a little bit more quality there um I, i mean outside of that that first look i think that one boiled down to it seemed like they were trying to play a three at the back and someone didn't rotate over around when Zizzo came in to um, to kind of shift over. Zizzo went in and left him uh, well wide open, and you leave a guy like Douglas Martinez that wide open. Uh, he's going to beat you more often than not. Uh, and so they, they prepared for him, uh, but it wasn't like they were in uh, all week. Uh, and then, yeah, everyone plays better versus loyal to us after Friday's training. Um, I, I think that's, I think Real Monarchs felt that they had a chance to do something. Uh, and when they go up one goal, I, I think they really, um, they hunkered down a little bit. I thought they played a pretty good defensive game. I thought they frustrated San Diego a lot. Um, much like we talk about frustrating Phoenix. I think um, they fouled a lot. I think they um, made some uh, choices to to mess up the flow of San Diego and um, put us on the floor and then frustrate us um, in a way that it looked like um, people were not, that's the word I'm looking for, uh, people were not playing at the top of their game. There was 22, 22 fouls called on Real monarchs players five yellow cards for them they were just putting guys on the floor and you know you can't get a flow if you're constantly being flat fouled you can't have breakouts if you're constantly being fouled and you know they rotated who was fouling too they were really smart about uh not having the same guy foul uh to distribute those yellow cards evenly to not get a red i thought was pretty interesting um any chance for two balls and a mic versus fair pod soccer challenge. Uh, they October, would destroy. October, October, yeah, October. Um, <laughs> we can challenge them to beer drinking, <laughs> beer drinking and food eating. I think, I think I can, I can handle those ones. Um, I, I thought the second San Diego second half was, 
was good. Um, I thought Adams played well. Um, this is one, another one of those really frustrating ones where it's, you can't really point to any one thing as being like terrible. Well, and you but, can't say that Real Monarchs are like that. That was just a team that's so be, you know so beatable because I mean they do have some young studs on that team. I mean, if you looked at their roster, they they have like gents from Ireland. I mean, they've got you know different academy players that that ultimately are, are just looking for that stint. I mean, I, I can't think of a few of the names offhand, but. You know, having looked at them for other matches, like they do have some guys on there that definitely have like some accolades, you know, at, at 17, 18 years old. And then, of course, I'm sure just um, playing up against Landon Donovan, you know, I'm sure that has to already be just, you know, just a personal thing for for all of these different players, you know, just kind of a, a milestone of some sort. But, uh, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just wanted to kind of interject that. No, and I, th- I think when you you know if you watch this game back, it's it's almost like Orange County San Diego when we scored that first goal, um, and then you can just kind of smell blood in the water. I think it was kind of the opposite of Brew agrees. Um, it was kind of the opposite of they kept frustrating us on the pitch, knowing that that would put us off the match. Um, and uh, they they did a really good job of f- building that momentum and always being in this place to just kind of frustrate you a little bit. Um, and you can see it, Guido, like Guido dribbles the ball and it goes out of bounds and he like flops over. Um, there's fouls and instead of, and some of them were, you know, there's there were some that were missed. There were some that were interestingly called. Uh, but again, if you're a professional sports team, you should be able to get over all, a couple bad calls. Uh, you need to put this game away. You need to score um, three big chances. All three of them missed. Only two shots on target. Uh, you got outshot. They put more shots on target. Um, you had four offside. There was a really nice buildup that could could have been a goal, but Guido's a little bit offside. Um, I... I just think this is a really big missed opportunity. And if you're looking at the coaching staff and you're saying, what can we do? I'm not sure there's anything more the coaching staff can do. You're getting into the positions that you need to get into to score goals and you're not scoring goals. Like that's not a coaching thing. That's not a system thing. That's not a tactics thing. It's like we're putting our players in the best position to be successful we're just not being successful. And we saw this last August as well with San Diego where, you know, just not scoring goals. I mean, it's not as bad. Like you put two against Los Dos, you score one against Tacoma, but you know, you've gone two straight home matches without scoring a goal. That's a problem. The last time you scored at home, you had 10 men on the pitch. That's a problem. And so Harry asked if you can recruit <laughs> one position, what would it be? Ricardo says we need a number nine. Um, we don't, he said, we don't have a solid striker. I, I don't think that's a bad shout. I mean, I think you're missing that lethalness, but I think with Jack Blake having to play further back in that, that kind of midfield position versus a little bit higher up the pitch, I think you just have less weapons to use. So yeah, we might need a solid striker, 
Uh, we also need Colin Martin back. You know, if Colin Martin's on that pitch, Blakey's a little bit higher, and that gives you a little bit more of attack from the outside the box um, that pulls guys out and around. But if Blake's kind of hanging back or is in the middle instead of on one of the sides, um, you're not going to get as many good looks. Uh, Jack Metcalf, we're missing yeah, him a, as well. A big shot. And, and, you know, maybe Elijah Martin fills that in from the opposite side. Maybe we go to an overload. Oh, Brew likes that one. Maybe we go to <laughs> overload on the left-hand side and the right-hand side. Maybe Elijah Martin plays higher and plays that Jack, Me- Jack Metcalf role. Because he's, I mean, he's got the speed. He's got the ability to uh, move the ball up. We see his decision making is really good, um, and he can track back really nice. So maybe when he comes back, and I know he's not that far away, um, when he comes back on the pitch, maybe that's what we look at: is Elijah Martin becomes that Jack Metcalf uh, fill in, because Jack has been a key, and Jack and Colin have been a key part of this team for both seasons. Yeah, I mean. I just when I'm listening to you, I'm making yeah that that would be good for them is to get some of these you know prime players back in the lineup so they can kind of work on turning results. Um, you know, it's Phoenix just continues to to be progressive. Like the matches against Phoenix really were so critical, you know, and like to not be able to really like pull any six pointers on them. You know, like that really does just kind of, you kind of look at it and go, okay, well, you know, we've had our shot there. Now we're going to need to just figure out how to be, you know, the second best team in the division. What do we need to do there? You know, and I mean, getting more players loaned to you and such, you know, it always seems like it freshens up the lineup, but I have to imagine it just has to shake up the chemistry in the locker room too, you know? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, you can see the frustration on the player's face. Like, they truly care. Um, Landon Donovan, after the match, I asked, like, I even asked him, like, are there any silver linings in this? And refreshingly, he was like, no, there are no silver linings in this match. Uh, Andrew Vasiliadis. I ran into him and kind of as I was running over to the interview area and he said something similar, like this, this type of play is not good enough for the coaching staff. It's not good enough for the team. I think the players feel the same way. So I think that's refreshing. It's not just like, Oh, well we lost or, Oh, Hey, you know, Phoenix drew and orange County lost. So we're fine. It's like, no, we should have won that game. That is a winnable game for us. We should have won it. And now we're up against Tacoma in another, hey, we should we need to win. This is a three point, or it's disappointing. And I think with Real Monarchs, you know, you kind of set up, set yourself up, and maybe they're pressing too much. Maybe they're trying too hard as opposed to just playing good soccer, put some shots on the at, at the net. Um, maybe they're just trying too hard um, because you're, you know, you're snatching at things. You you know, you have injuries, but. I mean, if you watch that game back and take away, you know, if if you don't have that first goal for Real Monarchs, this is a, a different game and you feel better about it. But it just shows you, like, I think this, I mean, this happened to Orange County against RGV. Like, you, you just have, you give up an early goal and it just changes the complexion of the game completely. Well, I think you have to look at the division, too. I mean... 
this is that mountain power that Harry's talking about. Like, I mean, you know, if you wear like 10 pound ankle weights, you know, and you're doing like knee highs at some point when you take them off, I mean, you're going to like kick yourself in the face. You know what I mean? So essentially like here are these teams that are playing tougher teams in, in the mountain division, or I should say in their division, they're playing the prime teams, if you will. And, you know, the strategy is so different. The play is so different that what you're seeing as a result is basically the way that they're playing against the El Pasos, the New Mexicos, you know, the RGVs, the Colorado switchback type teams. You know what I'm saying? Like you're you're just seeing them playing that level of competition weekly. So then when they get a chance to play against the wet or against the Pacific, you know, then you're starting to see some things that are like not matched up. Like, could you imagine like the switchbacks playing loyal? You know, just imagine the speed of Haji Berry against that team. Like, I venture to say, I think switchbacks with that speed up front would eat up a lot of the teams in the Pacific too. Yeah, it was it was quite impressive when Orange County was able to do to them. But um, yeah, for the most part, like. It's crazy to think Real Monarchs have four wins. Three of those wins are against Pacific Division teams. Las Vegas, San Diego, and Sacramento, which is absolutely nuts. Like, they have four wins total, and three of them are against Pacific teams. Tiebreaker. <laughs> I mean, and, and this is one of those those tough things of, with the USL, things change so frequently that you think you have an idea of what the team is and then you know the season plays out and you're like i was way off on half of these like this is what makes predicting usl games predicting what's going to happen almost impossible and this year has been even more wild but it, it's so hard to get an idea of some of these teams um because you try to be like oh pacific division stacked but it's like all right well sacramento is underperforming um, I would argue Los Dos is underperforming. Uh, Vegas is fine, but not great. Oakland is way worse than everyone thought they would be. They thought they would be relatively competitive. And then like you're looking at all of these um, prognosticators or whatever, trying to make their best guess at the beginning of the season. And, you know, Rio RGV is way better. Colorado switchbacks are playing way better. Brendan, uh, Brendan Rogers there has turned that team around. They're going for their eighth win of the season right now. Um, Austin Bold's a tough out. San Antonio has underperformed early, but they're make, coming on, on a run. Uh, New Mexico right now is sixth place out of seven. No one would have guessed that because if like you look at them on paper, and it's like some of these teams are out overperforming what they are on paper. And after a halfway season, this isn't an anomaly anymore. It's true. I mean, you know, this. I mean, this is gonna. It separates teams. I mean. Look at the running condition again, you know, I mean, you know, speaking on like teams like New Mexico or the Roots, it's like, you know, it's crazy to be, they're like nearly in the same position, but they've had two different starts, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, I mean, gosh, like, I guess when everyone else is playing so good, you know, it's, it's going to be a result. It's not like they're, it's not like they're not winning games. Roots being the worst team in the USL, probably, I mean, man, they're probably getting that, that wooden spoon. Them or Loudon, that's you know, Oof. the next one up is Baby Bowls. Um, but I, I think you know, if you put it in the context of 
Real Monarchs are kind of right around that Las Vegas area. Like this is one of those ones where it's like it, you can't play a team based on the record. You have to play that team like a Real Monarchs or Tacoma this weekend or, you know, Oakland coming up. You can't play them based on where they are in the standings. You have to play them like we're going to play our game and we're going to dominate this team because we have, you know, we looked at this stretch of home games of Real Monarchs, Tacoma Defiance, Las Vegas Lights, uh, and then finishing up with Orange County before on the road again. It's like, oh, that should be at least nine points. I mean, that's, you know, nine points from the first three, and then we'll see what Orange County's like when they come here. But it's like, are we, like, we can't overlook. We can't play the the standings. We have to play Tacoma like, you know, they're Orange County or Phoenix. We have to play Vegas like they're Orange County or Phoenix. Because if we don't, we're going to be looking at those matches, like Harry said, um, with against Real Monarchs, is saying at the end of the season, the difference between third seed and second seed, the difference between fourth seed and fifth seed, can really come down to, hey, you didn't beat Las Vegas that one night that you should have beat Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. I mean, you know, it's like you like you're saying. I mean, like that's that's what's happening right now. You know, these teams. I mean, not playing the way they need to be playing. Donovan to get inside the field. I mean, he wouldn't be the oldest player <laughs> in the USL. That's for sure. That's true. There is a forty-year-old player. Yeah, that that was the when RGV scored and he became the oldest player. Uh, we're like, well, Landon Donovan plays. He's still not beating him by like at least two or three years. Um, <laughs> yeah, and this is a good point about Oakland. They just have so many games left, and it doesn't look like they have the depth um, to, to handle it. And I think this is, you know, Orange County's got another month like this where it's just like a ton and ton and ton of games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what it might really boil down to is it, it might boil down to the the, the – schedule being more favorable to a team at the end where if you catch Oakland at the end when they're tired uh, you might be able to go on a run like we get them in September twice in September they might be running on empty by the time we get them Um, there's there's some truth to like the different tables too I mean Pacific it's like those teams on the bottom like really they're not necessarily playing like they have that fight in them you know whereas you know you look at the real monarchs and you know and and gosh, I mean, San Antonio, these teams, New Mexico, it's like, you know, it's, it's a little different. I mean, you know, I, I venture to say even like with New Mexico that like that's at times they may be taking their opponents for granted. You know what I mean? That uh, that they feel still very comfortable. There's so many good highlights that come out of all the matches, clean sheets or not many goals given or great starts, but you know, all that stuff is, is fine, you know, but it's just not what's producing the results, you know? And so it's good to see like Landon kind of be very transparent and Nate Miller as well, that, uh, you know, like you were saying right. earlier that, that they are like not qualifying the performance as being like even good or, or great or, Hey, here's some good things we can take away. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, they're not out of the woods and we remember the, how they started this season too. So, I mean, every week was definitely that same sort of like uh, sad song, you know? And it's something that San Diego fans need to realize is we we were getting a bunch of home games in a row, 
but there are stretches at the end of the season. There's, you know, a three week stretch of uh, away games and then another couple away games to finish the season is we need to, we need to build points up now when we have these home games to be able to withstand some, some tough road games at the end of the season. Um, whether that's, you know, we're traveling to Orange County on the 20th of October, we're traveling to Sacramento on the 30th of October. Like those are going to be real tough games because those are going to be, especially that October 20th, that's going to be a huge playoff implication uh, the way that the season's going. So these, you know, getting those home points are really going to matter because it takes a little bit of pressure uh, off of those last uh, end of the year road games that are going to be hugely important. And like, I, I know like, People are like, well, the end of the season, you know, these games are really important, but three points is three points, whether they happen in March or they happen in October. And right now we're kind of giving away points to teams we could, shouldn't give away. Um, and hopefully it doesn't bite us. We saw this last year, like San Diego would have missed the playoffs, even with the Phoenix, if they won it against Phoenix to end the season. Yeah, I mean, you're right. So, yeah, it's, it's much better to be securing the points at home, um, you know, as well. I mean, you want to you know, maintain that fortress. Obviously we know that's a little hard to have that sort of title right now, but it's a little bit harder to get those three points on the road. And especially if you're going on the road and you're not getting any points, but to not get the points at home is like crucial. Yeah. And so we have another huge game coming up against Tacoma. Like Tacoma's road record looks terrible, uh, but they haven't dropped. They haven't lost a road game since the 3rd of July. Uh, They've drawn, um, they drew against Orange County, they drew against LA, uh, and they played four straight home games where they haven't lost. So this is the one on paper that looks like, um, that looks like San Diego should be able to walk away with three points because of how bad Tacoma's been at home, or sorry, on the road. Uh, But again, with the way that San Diego's playing is, is this a game? Is this another trap game, or is this a game where uh, Loyal can be like, "Hey, we need to recover. We need to come out hot. We need to defend well and and get an early goal, um, and really kind of try to take it to Tacoma um, and kind of put them off their game." I'm not sure who they're traveling with, which makes previewing it tough. Um, yeah, I mean, um, honestly, I think that. Loyal come off very physical in this match. Um, they, they need to. And I think that they will try to obviously have a hot start and come out and try to get that front foot. But these are obvious things, you know, after going through a match where that wasn't the case, where you were, you know, um, playing, you know, kind of to the, the, the sound of the other team. And so, I mean, we think that those are things that they're going to come out and do. But, you know, you never know what's a coma. I mean, they, you know, they've played well against Loyal and they may come out and be like, you know, it doesn't really matter who we're playing, where we're playing them. You know, this is a chance for us to just, you know, take these points on the road. So, you know, I you kind of wonder, like, you know, what the atmosphere is inside the locker room at Tacoma when they're going on the road to come down to San Diego, you know? Like, you know, maybe they don't, maybe they don't feel like San Diego has anything on them. And I think having kind of a smaller pitch that is similar to Tacoma's is not necessarily an advantage. Um, I think looking at, you know, some of their better performers on the pitch, 
There are a bunch of uh, USL guy or a bunch of MLS guys that get sent down from time to time uh, to play uh, with the uh, with Tacoma. And I think having them be closer to home allows some of those up and down guys to really make that trip. Um, but I, I, you know, you look at these two teams and some of these guys are just they're just young versions of MLS players. So it's not like we can overlook them. Um, but they're averaging, you know, a goal per game. Um, they play really well at home uh, and not as good on the road, but still really solid on the road. Like I said, like they drew L.A., they drew nil-nil against Orange County. Um, is this a three points? Is this a game we need three points? Oh, yeah, we definitely need those three points, without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, I think this is a big one for playoff situation as well. Like, it, I know it's early. Um, we're only halfway through, but Tacoma is three points behind us but have two games in hand. So this is a really big six-point swing if San Diego um, can can get the win this weekend. That uh, puts them at 27 and keeps Tacoma at 21. So they'll still have two games in hand, but you have that now six-point gap. Um, and, you know, tiebreakers being what they are, uh, you're already down two wins, so you need to get those two wins plus some goal differential uh, to to get that tiebreaker. Um, so these next two, the next two games against Tacoma, especially this one, is really important to come out and get those three points now. Um, and so when you see them again in September, you know what you need to do in order to uh, to get that tiebreaker. Because uh, I mean, we already lost a tiebreaker against uh, Phoenix. Um, we're ahead against Orange County right now. Uh, but if it comes down to who gets fourth place and it's a tiebreaker because you couldn't win at home and they could, that's going to be, that's going to be pretty disappointing. Uh, so I know this is a really big, important game. Um, I think this is another good one for Toomey to bounce back. I think, like you said, he had a, an off game um, against Real Monarchs, but he had been playing pretty hot. Um, I, I think this is, I'm hoping that uh, at least Elijah Martin is is back. I know, like I said, I know he's close, but they don't want to rush anything. Um, so I, I think he's going to play a, if he gets a start or at least gets some minutes. I think he's going to be a really big key um, piece of this game, uh, both offensively and defensively. Um, so I think those two guys are, are kind of my two guys to watch um, for San Diego. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely echo Timmy Mushibani as far as um, a player to watch. And um, I think the other one for me just is going to be uh, Guerrero and goal, you know. Just I think he has a hot game, you know. I think he's going to be looking to obviously, you know, kind of improve on what he did the last last match against Real. So I think uh, I'd, I'd throw Guerrero and, uh, and Tumi as like my players to really watch. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they keep with Guerrero or not. I thought he had a pretty good game. Um, he had a couple big saves, some some really tough saves. There was another uh, shot that looked almost like the first goal um, in the second half, and he really came up big um, with that save. Uh, he had, where are my save stats? Two goalkeeper saves. I think one of them was really big uh, to keep at least 1-0 and keep San Diego's hopes alive. Right. Um, but he's been pretty impressive. I really liked his play. Um, 
I, I think Trey Muse had a tough time in Tacoma last time, so maybe maybe give him a, a break against Tacoma uh, and have him come back against Las Vegas um, with that midweek match. Uh, but I think whatever goalkeeper starts this one, I think they um, sit for the midweek against Las Vegas on Wednesday. Uh, but we'll talk about that one uh, next week. Um, score predictions? Ooh, okay. Um Let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say like two one. Uh, loyal. I think uh, Herzog gets the uh, the cold soda. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think the the Marissa uh, prediction is a really good one. Um, 2-1 is always a good shout for a San Diego home victory. That seems to be their favorite scoreline. Um, 2-1 or 1-0. Uh, but I think this is a, an important one to get a couple goals on the the board. And so I think they're going to really try and press for that second goal. Uh, Harry says 3-1 loyal. Uh, I appreciate the vote of confidence in uh, San Diego. Um, the last time... I don't think San Diego scored three. They got close against Los Dos, but Herzog uh, deflected one in offside. Um, I would love for them to score three because that would be that the offense is is starting to figure themselves out again. Uh, right. They have a little bit of bite. Uh, but I think a 2-1 victory is not out of the question. Uh, like I said, I think Toomey um, and I, I think Blake refines re his uh, shot from distance. Um and, and puts one in for the club Ooh. as well. Okay. Um, Tacoma averages a 3-1 defeat on the road. I mean, <laughs> that's not a bad shout. Um, I'm not sure San Diego is quite an average offense right now. I think they're slightly below average as far as goals. Uh, so I think I'll stick with my 2-1 to score prediction. Um, all right. Any uh, any final thoughts, Chris? I know you hung out with Marissa a little bit not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, we hung out. Uh, what was that? Yes, uh, Sunday. We hung out Sunday, and uh, it was nice. You know, had a couple seltzers and whatnot, and uh, just kind of hung out with her and and her and her husband, and you know, we just all kind of sat around, ch chilled a little bit. Um, she did hook me up with a big bag of uh, Fairweather Pod buttons. I was. Gonna wear a couple on the show, show off a little flair, but uh, I guess that'll have to wait till the next one. Ten pieces of flair. Oh man, this is like a hundred pieces. I might even have tried to put Ooh, them all on too. Dang. Yeah, you're seriously. Gonna get, you're gonna make that manager position at Shenanigans if we're not careful. I'm telling you, it's gonna be St. Patty's Day every day. <laughs> uh, any other final thoughts? No, not not really, man. Um, you know, I think my one of my latest hot takes is uh is pizza's just triangle shaped bread and i'm not seeing anything good from it so uh, i made there some pretty i made some pretty yummy focaccia bread the other day in the cast iron so i'm going to fervently disagree um it's forget your bread <laughs> <laughs> um we had the delicious salmon salmon citrus salmon salad with some avocado yesterday and so i made some bread to go along with it wow, um okay. i just want to remind folks that there is a the radies uh children hospital 
fundraiser going on right now. Uh, you can join your own team or support one of the other teams, whether that is the uh, the big club, the loyal select, or the supporters. Uh, the cool uh, deal right now is um, that loyal select is uh, running some sales on, I believe, a, a sale on their kit. Um, that it's a beautiful black kit with kind of like embedded pinstripes in it. Uh, if you haven't gotten it and you want to um, get on that. Uh, also, I believe, um, nope, that's very, very old. Um, let me find it. Yeah, Loyal Select is, are one of the things running. And if you buy black jersey on sale, 25% off and all profits benefiting the fundraising campaign for Rady Children's. Uh, it is a great kit if you're looking for a loyal kit that you can wear to school. Uh, the sponsor is Rady Children's and not Stone. Um, it is a fantastic kit. Uh, we saw it out and about uh, this past weekend. Uh, so if you have not yet picked that one up, I'm I'm scratching my head thinking about it. Um, so get on that a, a way to uh, get something out of your fundraising, or you could just donate. Uh, yeah, elusive FWP merch. I'm I'm assuming. Uh, Tony wants to say, uh, but he put match. Uh, and then when is Loyal starting to wear their signature Tory green? Uh, Andy, we have been asking that question a whole bunch as well. Um, we blame Adidas. Um, the sooner uh, we cannot have matching kits with our uh, cross city uh, com competitors, I think <laughs> both teams would be incredibly happy. I know we're looking forward to seeing them in Tory green. I'm just not sure it's going to happen anytime soon with uh, the way things are going with, uh, I mean, I can't even get a full menu at Jack in the Box, let alone uh, Tory Green kits for the team. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we got a, a a tough game against Tacoma, uh, and then a really big week next week uh, that we will be previewing. Uh, we have um, Las Vegas on the 18th, and uh, the game that I've been looking forward to for a very long time when our friends like Andy from Orange County can come down uh, to San Diego, uh, and I know I think last time there was a few came down, but I know that they're sending a bus down, so I can't wait to see all of the Orange County supporters coming down for that one on the 21st. But we will preview that one uh, next week. Uh, for Chris, where can we find you on the internet? So I forgot to ask you that. Oh man, it's all good. And you can find me at by Chris Walker on Twitter and Instagram. Boom, right there on the screen. If you're watching us live, you can find me at Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines. Please follow us on Twitter at fair underscore pod. Uh, hit the subscribe like button on YouTube. Uh, leave a review if you're listening to on the podcast. Um, and uh, for Chris, I'm Alan. We are out of here. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on bgn.fm. The Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? 
Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.